everything will be all right in the end. Well, well, well. We are back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the dojo. But you got to be a gentleman. Gentleman's dojo. You got to be a gentleman in the dojo. It's the gentleman's dojo. I'm Steve Byrne. Gary Cannon. Nobody gives a shit. I like how nobody cares. <laughs> I'm Steve Byrne. I, Credits. I was, I was talking what? about summer. I was talking about summer movies, and you said shut up. <laughs> and I said this is a talk show. We should talk about some stuff. Uh, the yeah. summer movies. Okay, go ahead, Gary. I just said I saw vacation. Yeah. You, you shut me down. Here's the problem with Steve. Just so everybody knows this. When I work with Steve on the road, he always tells me, hey, listen, if I get a bonus from this club, I'm going to kick you some extra money, going to pay for your airfare, going to you know, send a little extra money to your family back home in Somalia. And I, every time we work together, there's never a bonus. And all of a sudden, I didn't work with you this past week, and I was like, hey, obviously no bonus this week. And you're like, oh, no, I hit the bonus. You're so full of shit. You never, ever hit a bonus. Okay, Gary. My, my new thing I've about never bringing- hit a bonus. You're right. Yeah, yeah, well, I, listen, my favorite thing now about bringing you up on stage, I, I tell, I'll tell the audience, you guys picked a great night to redeem your group bonds. And it gets a big laugh because they truly know. It, it does? It does. Okay. <laughs> it's always great when a comic comes on the air away from the stage and saying, I tell this joke and it gets right. a great response. No, it doesn't. I work with you all the time and it does not get a great response. I, it I, gets a middling response. I will say this. My friends always. It gets, uh, a, it's a, it gets a chuckle. My friends always rip on me because I'm the king of recycling. I'll say, uh, I'll tell the group, hey, remember three weeks ago when I told that joke and. They'll be like, really? You're still bringing the fact up that you used that joke three weeks ago? I always do that. I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Just got done working over at Warner Brothers. Steve. Get out of here, Gary. You asked me for a Conan mug. You should check out the gift shop over there. (laughs) If you want a Conan mug, I'll I'll get you you a line. I'm in the process. I I, I just got my own mug. I've heard it all. They're the greatest. Here we go. So you uh, how, just, how's everything at Conan? Conan, fantastic. Yeah. We did those shows in San Diego. We're back. A couple more weeks on another vacation. Yeah. All good, yeah. I'm good. excited. You and I are working together. We got some shows coming up. I guess not. Maybe they got canceled by the club. I don't know. I don't I'm know. good. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, anywho, do you want to tell you? us about what, what's going on today? Well, I'm excited today. Normally, over the last few weeks, we've had your guests on. Subpar, to say the least. I mean, that you know, subpar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do we have that was good? Do you think Gardell? Who? Billy Gardell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy from Nashville. Or I, who fuck cares? you, Listen, Mike and Molly. He's on CBS, dickhead. He's Molly. Okay. <laughs> he's, Molly. he's the ecstasy guy. <laughs> uh, we had Sal from Impractical Jokers, the one that could call in. Yeah, yeah. I Anyways. prefer Joe or Murr, but uh, Sal <laughs> was the guy who could call uh, in. Roy Wood. Now, now we're really going in? bottom barrel. Yeah, we're called in. <laughs> Bill Crawford. We, we, we start off. Your aunt. We, we, we start off the A-listers. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like the, the, the cashier from CVS. Well, we've been on for, uh, what is this, our eighth? Eighth, maybe. Yeah, eighth, yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember we wasted an episode talking about you gloating and doing the 12 sets in a night. 13, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just over and over again. So I thought, listen, let's bring a little Jesus comedy Christ. back. To the show what? with one of my guests, yes, which I think is fair. So you have yeah. obviously core guys that you started doing stand up with. Obviously, well, I, that have I, gone would, on I would, I would, I wouldn't say call, movies. And, I wouldn't call it core. I'd call it yeah, working. 
Yeah, yeah. People so, at work. Right, right, right. And do you ever get resentful or bitter that they're doing TV and movies and you're stuck here in a small <laughs> booth with me doing a podcast well, on all things comedy? Well, uh, you know, the thing I know is that the guys, you, the guys you run with are usually going to, like, Malaysia to do a <laughs> weird show for, like, a week for 800 bucks and, like, you got to fly coach or... You're doing one of those quote unquote show for the troops, but people right. are always bitching that you don't get paid enough. It's like, well, then you're not going for the troops. So those are the people you, or like the warm up. You're doing the warm up. I will shit. say, yeah, you I guys will talk say, about you talk buying about the bags of candy and shit. Yeah. Out of, out of going for the troops, you're the only comic I know that the troops get excited when you leave. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen troops get excited that you're hot. You've never even plane. done one. Oh, I've done one. You, what USO show? <laughs> By the way, this piece of shit, every time we do a show, you go, oh, I just got back from a USO. We were entertaining the troops with Steve. And yeah, then you do that first was, class uh, Bobo. coach traumatic stress syndrome where you gave somebody a C. It's like he never C-T-S-S. did that. No, that is true. That is true. The troops are so excited. They're waving to your plane. Anybody like, hey, you want to catch it? We got extra seats on that flight. Fuck no. Gary, you're the only one that shows up on the base and they play taps when you arrive. You know what's funny? I will say this. There was a guy who used to book these USO tours. Mm -hmm. And whenever you would go somewhere, let's say you had a night off between two military bases. He wouldn't put you up somewhere. This guy would I'm not sorry? put he would not put you up if you had a show Monday at a military base, yeah. then you were off on a Tuesday and you had another show at a military base Wednesday, you were responsible for your own oh, hotel God. on that Tuesday night. So I'll get you the guy's name afterwards. I know that's kind of what you're asking me well, for. Well, how was it last week when you did it? <laughs> All right. So do you want to tell us about Yeah, your sure. So okay. when I started doing comedy in San Francisco years and years ago, a couple of the core guys that I ran with eventually moved down to LA and yes. one of my good good buddies who I'm best friends with today. Uh, aside from you, Mr. Byrne, is uh, <laughs> right. a guy named Steve Mazon. And, and Steve was a working comic, really funny guy. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened was Steve had always had this dream as a kid to be on Letterman. He was really, really enthralled with Dave and always wanted – kind of that was his goal. That was what he yeah. wanted to do. So he always figured he'd have some time, get a tape together, get it over to the bookers, this, that, and the other thing. Um, him and I were driving home from a comedy show one night. Right. And he was getting these pains in his stomach. Um, dropped each other off. Uh, the next day I found out from his girlfriend that he was in the hospital. They started doing these scans and they were cancerous scans. Oh. So uh, long story short, I'll let him talk about it. His name is Steve Maison. But basically what happened was he then knew based on the diagnosis from the doctor that he only had an X amount of window that he could possibly live. So then he decided, hey, listen, now more than ever, I got to make this journey happen of getting on Letterman because I don't know how much time I have left. So Right. And prior to the show, I had asked you, hey, can you just, you know, so I can be prepared and we could run some intel or whatever or just some background or whatever. And then you explained to me that I I, I said, how does the story? And then you said, well... He's not calling in his brother is because he's dead. <laughs> and you're such an asshole. Jesus Christ. I said, uh, I said, yeah, we'll talk to his brother because he passed away. He's on the phone right now, by the way. All right, here we go. Steve. Hey. Steve, how you doing? Good. Are you, is, this, is this the Heidi and Frank show? <laughs> I don't hear voice. Absolutely not. No, nobody oh, listens to this. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for calling in, by the way. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Prior to this, um, Gary 
Gary told me you passed away and, and your brother would be calling in, but I'm glad that yeah. you actually are the one calling in because Gary is a piece of shit. Yeah, I was just saying, Steve, I said uh, I said his brother will explain the story when he calls. I said Steve's passed away. And, and Steve Byrne had no idea that that were true because he does no research on our guests. You just told me about this. I just told, right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, Steve, this you were... A, uh, this is good. It's like a surprise guest thing, then. Right, you don't know. Yeah, you're, you're getting an interview you didn't think you were going to get now. This yeah, this is, is big. A big, big deal. <laughs> this is big. This is on IMDb. So, Steve, you were you were actually with Gary the night prior to this this um, I guess flashpoint in your in your life occurring. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, in fact, Gary and I were driving home from the improv. Uh, that might be the last time both of us had a gig at the improv. <laughs> and, uh, True. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was having some pain. Gary and I uh, uh, always, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys do the same. I know you guys work together a bunch. We're going to go get something to eat after the show. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm not feeling well. I don't, I don't know what happened. And, uh, and eventually, you know, by the time we got home, I was having Gary drive and, uh, yeah, I eventually ended up in the emergency room, and they thought it was my appendix. And then when I woke up uh, later, there was an oncologist there, and yeah, and uh, you know they said no, we got tumors all over your liver, and we're gonna do some tests on these. But yeah, Gary was with me basically when I when this all happened uh, unfurled. So I kind of blame him. Uh, <laughs> I would too. Yeah, because uh, it's like you develop cancer from hanging out with a cancer. Yeah, exactly. I get it often and still do describe Gary as a cancer. And so, uh, now, I, now I was having a doctor confirm all that. Now, when the, when the doctor does tell you that, I, I, it's you know, it's got to be everybody's worst nightmare. It's definitely in the top five yeah. of worst nightmares that, you, that that could happen apart from hearing that Gary Kane is your feature act uh, that weekend. But <laughs> number number three on that top five. Hey, would you like to work on Sullivan and Son? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like the security of working for three summers? And uh, oh God, Gary, fuck off! You ever see Cheers? Thought, uh, let me just say, uh, Steve, I uh, I love Sullivan. It's what an amazing uh, cast. Obviously, well, thank the- you. <laughs> there, yeah. By the way, Steve, producers, huge fan here. Producers, right? Huge fan here of yours as well. Uh, Tony Award-winning actors. I uh, I think the only uh, the problem there was the audience. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that they didn't speak English. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now, you you get this diagnosis. Now, what uh, I mean, what are the immediate what's the immediate reaction that you have uh, upon hearing that? And then over time, you yeah. know, there's the initial shock of it all, but as that withers away as well, what what does that do? The initial to to the overall scheme within the yeah, week or two. What is that? Immediately, it was uh, immediately it was just surreal. It didn't it didn't feel like uh, it was really happening. You know, it's just that, that that kind of thing you hear, like, oh, you, you really only believe this is you're going to hear this about someone else or or in a movie or you know some something you're watching on TV or ESPN talking about some athlete or something you know that you love getting some bad diagnosis that kind of thing. Like it just didn't seem real that I was getting told this. Uh, I was in my early 30s, so you know right. it, it seemed crazy to be, be you know told this. And then uh, after all the tests came back and that it, you know it was cancer, and the, the worst case scenario they said you know uh, would be you know five years to live with something like that. And I was like, oh my god! So that, you know, as as it became more and more real, uh, you kind of go through those uh, you know those five stages they talk about. You know, like uh, you know disbelief, anger, depression, uh, and then you know finally acceptance you get to. 
That's what audience uh, members write on a comment card after Gary's show. It's so funny. I was going to say that to you. Honest to God. I saw you getting ready to pounce, by the way. wheels spinning. Jesus, Gary. Hey, by the way, Steve, uh, I always joke. Steve Burns said, you're the king of rehashing something you told three weeks ago. And I said, you guys always (laughs) razz me about that. You're like, Cannon told that joke. Eight eight years ago, and he's bringing it back up again. But now, Steve, let me ask you this: So you get this diagnosis, you get this this a bomb dropped in your life. You're, you yeah. know, in your early thirties, and you're a stand up yeah. comic now. Now, when you do, you go on stage, and do, I mean, do you just do you just ignore it? Do you address it? Are you just plowing through, or do you just take some time off? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it was funny. I, I did take a little time off. I, obviously, I had no. Uh, there's no great insurance plan for comedians. Uh, so I had to uh, I had to keep working because all these uh, bills started piling up from all the medical stuff and the emergency room visit, and uh, then I had to have some you know kind of once they had tracked down all the cancer stuff, I had to have like a foot of my intestines removed. So like all these bills were coming in. So that actually is kind of what it is you know I talk about all the the depression and anger and stuff you go through. That's what saved me though in the end was kind of that uh, I had to get back to work. So so stand up was a great thing to to get back up on stage and. You know, I wasn't one of these people. Schimmel was uh, was kind of at the height of uh, of of his fame and kind of cancer stuff at this point. So I wasn't one of those people that went on stage and kind of talked about the cancer stuff like uh, like Schimmel did or kind mm-hmm. of Tig did. You know, maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, but but stand up, yeah, I think I think it kind of saved me to get back up on stage and and just and just be making people laugh and and get back into the normal routine and feel normal. So so right. yeah, that was great, but. And then, and then, when as you're getting back on track, then the priorities start coming into focus for you in your life. And yeah. and prior to that, you had been a huge Letterman fan, correct? Right, exactly. Yeah, I grew up. He was kind of the reason I got into uh, into comedy. You know, I'd grown up seeing my parents love Carson, and uh, all of a sudden after him, was there, there was this guy that I loved, uh, Letterman, and they didn't think he was funny. That made me like him more. So he was really the reason <laughs> I got into comedy so i had always thought and I'm, I'm sure you're guilty of this as well although you've been you know obviously you know a, a great career but you know sometimes you, we all get into this uh rut of thinking like hey if i just work hard and keep keep plowing ahead uh things are going to happen things will come to me rather than chasing them and uh, a lot of stuff in my career it had happened that way a lot of clubs and you know comedy work came that way just by working hard people would tell me about other things and people would reach out to me and then all of a sudden i realized wow this letterman thing might not just come to me in five years. I really have to, uh, if that's all I have left, I really need to make it happen rather than wait for it to happen. So that's when I kind of started, uh, you know, a, a jokingly titled uh, project of mine called Dying to Do Letterman. And at that point, it was just a website um, about uh, me chasing that goal of getting on Letterman within those uh, within those five years. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy. It, you know, it, it seems silly because now... Uh, we have Twitter and Facebook and all this kind right. of stuff. None of that was around at that point. Yeah, because you were doing those grassroots campaigns of just like trying to have people yeah, email the show saying, "Hey, do you think this guy is good enough to be on Letterman?" Because I remember that there was right, no. Exactly. It was yeah. It was telling people at uh, at shows and stuff I went to. People came up and said, "Oh, you're great." Blah, blah, blah. And then I'd say, "Hey, if you really think I'm good, I gave him uh, you know uh, a link to uh, my website and said if you think." I'm good enough to be on Letterman, uh, you know, go here and you can drop a line to Dave and, and see videos of my stuff. And if you don't think I'm good enough, uh, please don't go there and don't email that. <laughs> right. Please email the Wendy Williams show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve's stage name is Roy Wood Jr. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> so, so you, so then it, it becomes the goal to get on Letterman. Now, when you're talking to these audience members, are you addressing the fact that hey, I got I got a limited, what I believe to be a limited amount of time? Uh, do you address that at all, or do you just say, hey, look, this is my, this is a goal of mine. I just want to get out there and I, I want to get on Letterman. Yeah, I would kind, of, I would kind of tell the the story, and like I said, I felt still at that time kind of weird talking about the the cancer stuff. And even, even now, like uh, years later, even still, I, it feels weird for me to to talk about the cancer stuff because the minute you bring something up like that, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it changes the audience's view of you, and then all of a sudden you don't know if they're just laughing or anything because because they feel bad for you. It, it just changes their whole perception, obviously. Obviously, right. And, and uh, just so we know, so I, how how long has it been since the diagnosis? Yeah, so now it's been, it's crazy. Uh, Gary and I were talking about this other day. It's been 10 years. 10 uh, years, so wow. I'm, yeah, I ended up, you know, going way, way past uh, their worst case scenario. So very lucky. Um, what, what did they mention what a best case scenario is? <laughs> or is that something? Because you're obviously living that. Their best case scenario at that point, because of course we ask about both sides when they say something like that. And they said their best case, they're like, well, uh, you know, it's hard to predict something like this, but. Some people live 10 to 15 years with this, and now, of course, now I was always worried about the worst case scenario, and now, uh, now, I, now, in the back of my head is like, oh wow, I'm actually much closer to the best case scenario now uh, than the worst case scenario. So but you you made it 10, yeah. and they said the best case is 15. So you got another five. So you got five years to make it on Last Call with Carson Daly. (laughs) We can make that happen for you. We can actually do that today. Yeah, we we can pick up the phone. Yeah, there's no no documentary needed. Nothing. We'll just we'll just make it happen. Just go there now. We've we've all seen we've all seen Last Call with Carson Daly. There's much less than five years to get on Last Call. Yeah. (laughs) Can you be at the ice house in three minutes? The ice house. Now, now, can you walk us through the journey though? Once you once you make this a goal of yours, what is the what are the things you do within that first few months or year to to get the wheels in motion for yourself to to make this goal? Yeah, uh, so the number one thing was was that uh, was that website. Really, just the the idea is I was a West Coast comic, another East Coast centric, and they had never heard of me before. So now it was just getting their attention. So that was the whole thing about the website. Uh, having people email the show and say, hey, we saw this guy. He's really great. So it was getting their attention was the main thing uh, in the beginning. Because I thought, uh, I had people tell me, they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're kind of in the Letterman vein. I could see, you know, that set you just did. I could see that being on Letterman. So I was confident I was good enough. It was just getting their attention. And so, uh, yeah, I started the website. And <clears throat> pretty quickly, I'd say, probably within definitely uh, six or seven months, somewhere in the first year, uh, I heard from them, <laughs> but it oh, you unfortunately did. was a was a letter, uh, and I think Gary was there when I ended right. up opening it. Uh, it was a uh, a letter telling me it was never going to happen. Jesus, uh, it was basically a rejection letter from the from the late show saying it's not going to happen, and they even had the word impossible. It will be impossible to make this happen. And uh, I think you know it, it was a pretty shocking to read that. Like, okay, I, I had to. Uh, you know, put all my focus on this, and then the the first thing I hear from them is uh, no, not just no, but never going to happen and impossible, and uh, pretty pretty shocking. But it, it it came quickly. Me and Gary talked about it. It became obvious that this letter was just a uh, almost like a form letter, like something they just send to people because they probably get stuff like this all the time. Um, so after a week or so. I kind of became happy about it. I was like, okay, I got their attention. That was the whole idea behind it. Right. Now I just need to prove to them that this isn't like some, you know, uh, make a wish thing that, that I'm really, 
you know, good enough to be on the show. So then it was, uh, it was just, you know, kind of inundating them with, uh, with DVDs until, uh, I got their booker's attention, Eddie Brill. And, uh, once I got his attention, then it was just proving him I was good enough. And, uh, quickly, you know, with the, the first set I sent him and now, now we're talking, we're into the, probably the, you know, into the first year, second year, uh, of this whole idea. Um, you know, reviewed one of my sets and said, Hey, you know, I like about half of this, but the other half, uh, you know, is he, you're, you're too physical. You have too many characters in your jokes. These are all things we don't like, you know, for our set. So, uh, yeah, it just went, went trying to send him over and over DVDs and, uh, and talking to Gary and our other friend, Lee Levine and, and, and kind of, you know, formulate a plan to be like, okay, what other jokes do I have? What can I send him? What do you think about this? They're coming and writing new jokes that, that fit trying to, you know, replicate almost like you're saying uh, how Gary always rehashes something like trying to replicate the, the half the jokes he loved and see if I could come up with more of those. Um, I thought about, uh, yeah, stealing some of the Gary's jokes. That, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> and then uh, eventually, after about five years, uh, I finally sent him a joke that was nothing like anything he said he wanted. It ended up having a lot of characters uh, that he said he didn't like. It ended up being one long story that he said they usually don't like. Uh, but it was a joke. Uh, that I was like, God, this is, this is, I could see this on Letterman. And, and a few other people who had seen it were like, hey, I could see that on Letterman. Why don't you send that one? And I was like, yeah, he said he wouldn't like something like this. And people just kept saying, no, 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 send that one. And, and sure enough, I, I sent it at the end of a set I sent him, just in case. I was mm-hmm. like, well, if, if, you know, maybe because the cancer thing, he said it, he'll, he'll watch five minutes. Maybe he'll watch this extra five minutes at the end of it. And, and sure enough, uh, I got a call after almost, almost, it took almost the entire five years of that worst case scenario. Uh, it was about four and a half years. Uh, he called up one day and said, uh, Hey, I got this, this, uh, DVD you sent me. And at the end was, there was this joke about hotel key cards. And he's like, I love it. And, uh, I didn't ask him, you know, at that point, like, Hey, it's nothing like you said you wanted. It's everything you said you don't want. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was saying, I'll put you on TV. So I just said, okay, let's do it. And so, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And in the movie, the idea for the movie, which, you know, is, is it basically chronicles your whole journey from, you know, you getting the diagnosis, you actually having a girlfriend at the time who you're now married to, you know, going yeah. through the whole up and down of trying to get on Letterman, going through the ups and downs of the financial aspect of, you know, living with this, trying to pay these bills, not having the money to do it, you know, just going through, you know, this whole life thing. Of, you know, dealing yeah. with a personal life and also trying to get on Letterman, you know, over the course of, you know, that five years and, you know, just really, you know, having these years, you know, I know that because I just watched it again over the weekend and, you know, there was that period where, you know, there was nothing really going on. You know, you just really right. were in this dark space in your life because, you know, you hadn't really heard from Eddie in a long time and, you know, you just didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, the money situation was really tight. You know, things between you and Denise were, you know, a little stressed out with you trying to have kids and her wanting kids more than you did at the time. And so the, the movie itself just chronicles the whole journey of, you know, him starting out, getting the diagnosis and then wrapping up you know, at the end of this whole thing of, of what happens when he gets on Letterman. So, you know, it's really this journey of a comic over, you it's know, more than years. just the set, of course, obviously. Right. But so, yeah. you you know, you, you're, you're given this letter, told it's impossible. The booker tells you, you can't get on the show with this type of material. You right. beat all the odds with cancer. You get on Letterman. 
the question I have is, can Gary get cancer? Because he has no credits <laughs> at all. He doesn't have any goals whatever, or credits or anything. So whatever it takes. Give yeah, yeah, Gary yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Syphilis. Maybe he'll get, you know, he'll get on we'll Judge see. Mathis. Just, we just need something. I don't think there's a disease out that has been invented yet that can, uh, that can help us out here. <laughs> well, I, I think it's – now, where do folks find the documentary? Yeah, you know, uh, the great thing is right now, it, it kind of re- had a great run. And let me just say this. I, I, the film, I'm not bragging about it because I didn't make the film. But it's, it's my story. But you should brag else, about it. It's an amazing did. story, though, too. Yeah, I did. listen, I, that part I'll take credit for. It's my story. But uh, there was a great uh, couple, a husband and wife team, that made the movie. Uh, the movie ended up winning a bunch of awards. Uh, like Gary said, it, 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 it doesn't even feel like if you say cancer and documentary, I say uh, I'm busy that night. I wouldn't watch that. Uh, but it's really, it ends up being, a, you know, a, a movie about friendship and, uh, and, and, you know, kind of me and my wife and, and chasing dreams, which I think is a much more relatable than, you know, than cancer. It, it, it's very little to do in the end with cancer. It's about chasing your dreams no matter what. It's and funny because when you uh, say that, it's, in it. when you say that a second ago, I don't mean to cut yeah. you off, but if somebody says, you can yeah. watch Gary Cannon, I could go, give me the cancer documentary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's go the other way. And Schindler's exactly. List and Million Dollar Baby, back to back to back, <laughs> all of them. Amos throwing Amistad too. This this guy said he was yeah, a fan. Right, exactly. This is the one right, guy that watched we Sullivan had to, and we had Son. To get other people. <laughs> right. But but that's what's great about it. A- yeah, Steve interviews Ray Romano in the movie. Interviews Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan, Kevin Nealon. Yeah. It talks to all of these guys about what their journey was like to, to get, get to on Letterman, yeah. and it's just great. And, yeah, and, and yeah, again. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because you forget at some moment that it, it is a movie about Steve living with cancer. You really forget about that because it is a, a movie about friendships and his relationship with his wife and going this, going through this financial hardship and his wife at the time dealing with her own issues of wanting to open up a dance studio mm-hmm. and 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 all the time in the background. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, he's got cancer, and then he's trying to get on Letterman. Like, so there's so many moving parts to this movie, right. which is great. But I got to say, I mean, right. you know, even just listening to you now and just, you know, hearing it from you yourself to to establish this is a goal of mine and to get a letter from them saying it's impossible for you to do this and for you to still persevere and barrel through. And eventually, even to the point where Eddie Brill is saying this will not get you on the air. And then you give him yeah. exactly what he says won't get you on the air. And that's what got you on the air. I, it's just I, I don't know. It's really moving to me, and it's 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 absolutely. I just want to tip my cap to you. It's it's an unbelievable story because oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, much it's, in stand up. It's, it's so difficult funny. to get there. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible road. Like I said, it's one of those things. Like uh, and again, it's a tip of my cap to the uh, to the filmmakers because they. I, I watch it sometimes. Look, I was living it, but you, 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 you know, you, it's a routine to me. I just move forward, and you see in the movie uh, Gary's friendship. As much as I, I, I tease him, how amazing he is, and how much laughter we had through this. You know, again, it almost this whole thing allowed us to put cancer kind of you, you see in the background. It isn't you know, it's not like a Hallmark Channel thing where the whole you know my the whole five years or my life just became just about cancer. It was. Thank God for, you know, his friendship and my wife's love and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, you see in the movie, like, life went on and, and we laughed a lot about it. Uh, it, it we, didn't, we didn't take it seriously. We kind of took the, the power away from the cancer. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's neat even seeing the movie now. Like, it almost feels like I'm watching someone else because it, it, it's, uh, you know, again, I was just living it. But it, it, it's neat to kind of see all the, 
the bumps and, and things now. And I'm, I'll watch it sometimes. Like someone will be like, Oh, I want to see that, you know, and they'll have it on, you know, uh, you know, another comedian I'm working with and uh, they'll have it on and I'll, I'll peek in and be like, Oh my God, they're watching it. I, and it, it feels like someone else's movie uh, because of that. Cause this is kind of a, such a strange road that it takes and they twist and turns of it. So yeah. It's also it's, great too uh, because kind of fun, but I, ju- I appreciate it. Just watching the movie, like you know, at, at some point Steve gets a call to do Ferguson before he does Letterman, right? And you know, this it's a little milestone because again, Ferguson's on at twelve thirty, yeah. And you know, there's just this great experience of like, you know, he calls his mom and says, "Hey, I, I'm I'm you know doing the show," and his mom is like, "Who are you?" Like it's just like it's it's every mom's <laughs> like, right, you know, right. it, it's so yeah. funny, you know. And then there's just this other great like, like there's some great moments in it where, again where you forget. That it's a movie about cancer because it really isn't. It's a movie about friendship and relationships and all that stuff. And the great thing about this movie that has helped Steve is that he gets calls from these corporations now all the time of companies that want to bring him in, screen the movie, yeah. and give these like somewhat TED talks, these motivational talks about – Yeah. Because you know this as a comic. How many comics do you know? They have eight goals that they're working on. Like I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to also do this. I want to do this. And like they don't accomplish any of them. Mm-hmm. Like Steve was straight-headed towards like – I want to be on Letterman. This is exactly what I want to do. And, you know, it's hard because, you know, when you're not reaching that goal, it's easy to start jumping around and figure out, hey, well, what else can I do? Right, right. Yeah. But he had yeah. that that blinding, you know, yeah. the vision to drive forward. And it's like your goal. You just wanted to ride off the coattails of a headliner for how many years? And here yeah, we are going to podcast somebody. Piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Gary. Well, I got to say, Steve, by the way, I mean this with all sincerity. You know, it's it's such a moving story, but also as a comic, look, it's really difficult to have gotten on Letterman because Letterman is one of those where it was like the pinnacle. I think a lot of comics drive towards it. A lot of comics yeah. failed. They They had a much more finite vision of what it is they wanted on the air. And a lot of comics just weren't able to to cross that finish line. But you did against overwhelming odds. And as a comic, I got to say, it was really inspiring to get to talk to you today. And we really appreciate you calling in. And thank you yeah, so much and you. all the best to you. Yeah, thank you. And I let hope me, you get hey, to do Carson really Daly. Quick, I didn't get to the end. It's, not, it's free on Hulu right now. People can watch it. It's, oh, nice. It's ran its whole course of you know being at theaters and uh, on demand and all that kind of stuff. So you can catch it for free on Hulu. Dying to do Letterman right now. So after you watch... Mindy Project Season 4. <laughs> Go on over. Yeah, it's right there. Letterman. Go check it out. And Steve, uh, <laughs> the website is just steamazon.com. Yeah, SteveMazon.com, M-A-Z-A-N. You can, and, you can check that out as well. And I've so, seen the movie a million comment. times, and my nephew was in town over the weekend. I, I showed it to him, and it's still just as good to me watching it. Because you know, Gary only has one in. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. it. That's well, Steve, thank you so much for calling in, bud. We love you. Thank you we Steve. appreciate Thanks, it. Gary. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. Dying to do Letterman is the movie. Check it out. Really, really good. Wow. We're at the end. We're at the end. That was the first episode we've had where somebody's gone the whole run. And uh but wow, it was, yeah, it yeah. was too in, it was too intriguing, too interesting to great. to just shelve that and keep it at five minutes. What a great what a great guy, and what a great story. It's a great story. So, Dying to Do Letterman, it is on Hulu. Gary, yes. how do we keep in touch with you? Uh, just uh, uh, GaryCannon.com. I'm um, at Steve Byrne Live, everything, Instagram, Facebook, my website, Twitter, Steve Byrne Live. And what is it again? Promo code Groupon. What is All things again? comedy. It doesn't matter, Steve. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All things comedy. All things comedy. Yeah, keep in touch. Uh, we'll see you again. You should watch the movie. It's great. I will, yeah. It's really.